what you should be doing is thinking about where do I add the most value? Hey guys, it's your girl, Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy, Joey Price. Hello, and thank you for tuning into the latest episode of the Business Life and Coffee Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs become a better version of themselves so they can become better for their business and their family. Joining us on this upcoming episode now is Tim Allison, who is a lifelong entrepreneur, business coach, best-selling author, and host of the Screw the Naysayers podcast show. He also has a book by the same name. And today we are going to talk about those limiting beliefs that get in your way, whether it's internal, external, and what you should do about it when you're faced with beliefs that tell you you can't do something. Hey, Tim, thanks for coming to the podcast. Hey, Joy, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you left a six-figure income job and moved to a tiny fishing village in Nova Scotia Canada. Yeah. What were you thinking? (laughs) A lot of people asked me that question at the time, my friend. What I was thinking was what nobody else could see, Joey. I mean, I was at the time, people should understand that I'm I'm a boomer. I'm I'm in my, I'm now 61. eh? So, you know, at the time I was just the poster child of what success was supposed to look like for my generation. I was in my, you know, as I got into my mid to late twenties, I was already in the top 2% of income earners in in Canada. I'm sure the number would have been pretty similar in the U.S. at that time. And, um, you know, I mean, I was climbing that corporate ladder. By the time I was 30, I, you know, had a, this half the country of Canada was reporting to me from a sales perspective. I had managed staff in, in three cities. And what type of role were you doing? Well, by then I was a sales manager, a regional sales manager. And, uh, um, you know, I, I'd been a made and came into the company in major account sales and, you know, and, and really sort of kicked butt there. And, and which is the way I sort of felt about it. I was a cocky little son of a gun back then, you know, and which is a topic for another day, maybe. But the thing is, is that from the outside looking in, Joy, I had all the trappings of success. I was wearing tailor-made clothes and, you know, gold chains and, you know, I had the fancy title. I had, you know, pretty much an unlimited expense account. As long as we were over budget, I could take my wife out to dinner seven days a week and nobody would have said anything to me. So people looked at this lifestyle and thought, wow, he's so lucky. But, you know, I had a wife. Um, uh, I had, you know, when I would come home, I'm not ashamed to say it. I would come home from work so tired that I was too tired to, you know, for things like sex. Um, I had two young kids that I was barely seeing. I was leaving for the office in the morning before they were getting up. And I spent two out of four weeks of traveling on the road. The rest of the time I was, you know, by the time I got home in the evening, they'd already be in bed. I'd started to abuse alcohol in a big way because I was, you know, really not. And the work was so stressful. And and it's just like, no matter what I did, it was never good enough. Whatever you did this year, do 20% more next year, 20% more. Like they knew they were burning me out. That was the whole corporate ethos back then. Just hire young, you know, hungry people, get them in debt and make them work their butt off. And then when they burn out, go get another one and cycle through it. So the thing is, Joy, like I was, I know for sure that if I hadn't quit that job, I would have been dead or divorced within five years. And I often think probably both and probably sooner. I mean, it it really was, it was killing me. So in quitting, it was about, um, you know, it was about leaving a world that I, that I trained for and worked so hard to succeed in. Like I'd done exactly what I was told, go to school, go to university, get a degree, get a job, work your way up that corporate ladder. I was doing everything I'd been told to do, and yet I was miserable. You know, the money wasn't compensating me for any of that stuff. And and so this little fishing village that I'm still in today,
today, you know, 30, 31 years later, you know, it was my wife's hometown. It was where she was born and raised. So back we came. But the issue, you know, the thing I encountered is that your viewers don't get to see this guy, but I'm not the biggest man. And I'm not certainly cut out for work in the fishery on fishing boats or in the forest or something like that. And these hands, I always joke, weren't cut out for stuff like that. And there was no work, man. So I had no choice. You know, see, it was either create my own job or give up on the dream. And and so I started, a you know, an educational software company. And to put that in perspective, this was before the internet and before there were laptop computers and even my desktop computer. People aren't going to believe this, but it didn't even have a hard drive. You know, you had to put everything on diskettes and stuff like that. I mean, so, I mean, I was surrounded by negativity. I was surrounded by people who said, you can't, you will never succeed. Everybody from former co-workers, from family members other than my wife, who just for some reason has always believed in me. Government officials, I went to see someone in the Department of Economic Development here in the provincial government, and the guy lapped me out of his office. He said, you'll never, you'll never make it, man. There's no way you can run a business like that down in this little community you want to be in. And the reason I think I'm so crazy passionate about this topic now with my whole screw the naysayers movement is that I let that stuff get in my head. So I had left. I found the guts to say, well, I have to leave and I'm going to try. And I did start my business, Joey. But for the first three years, I was really walking around feeling as if I had sacrificed any hope of a really meaningful career in return for having the ability to, you know, to, to spend time with my family, to be a present parent and all those kind of things. Just told myself that, well, I can't, I can make a, I can have a business here. I can make enough money to put a roof over my head and to put food on the table, but that's about it. And so guess what? That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. So Tim, it, you, I guess in no uncertain terms, you, you felt, it feels like you wasted three years sure. of your life feeling sorry for yourself, I did. Um, but you made what you felt at the right time was a, was a good call. How did you get to that place where, you finally got out of feeling, I guess, sorry for yourself. Yeah, no, it's a great way of putting it. I've never quite phrased it that way, but that's exactly what I was doing, Joy. You know what? I've got to thank, and he's, he's not with us anymore. Rest in peace, Roy. But, you know, a mentor came into my life. And this is, again, why I'm, I, I love shows like yours and mine, because, you know, most truly successful people, and when I define success as people that are living the kind of life that fulfills them, they've had mentors. And, and so, so podcasts like this give us a chance to share messages and meet, reach broader numbers of people. But, you know, I remember really well, Roy was a uh, son of a, a Polish immigrants to the United States, uh, grew up in New England. He was living in Minnesota at the time. And believe it or not, I met him at a, at a conference in San Diego. It's how you know, convoluted this world is when we just run into people these days. But I was, you know, I'd gotten to know him and I was telling him a bit about my business and my backstory. And we were sitting there and I could still see him. You know, he was like 30 years old and me and I could see Roy sitting back with a Tangere martini and said, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, why aren't you, you know, you, you, you've got all these skills. Why aren't you taking that company of yours and going global, you know, national at least? What the hell are you doing messing around down here? And and I said, well, Roy, I mean, look, man, I mean, I, people aren't going to take me seriously. I, I'm three hours drive from the nearest airport. How the hell am I going to run a national business? And he looked at me, Joey, and he said, and this again for, for, for younger folks that won't remember these days, but back in those days when you wanted to pay your credit card bill, you actually had to mail a check. Oh, gosh. And, and, yeah, I know. But here's the thing. Roy looked at me and he said, him. He said, every month I write a check out to American Express and it goes someplace in North Dakota or South Dakota. I said, I don't know where the hell it is. It sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere and I don't care. Why do you think people are hung up on, you know, where you're at? And honestly, that 
was the beginning of the transition. And and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, be collaborating with the company in the States that he was working with. And, um, you know, I, I realized, man, that when you get the support of one person that really, truly believes in you, and that when you have ideas, and this is, again, why, why naysayers are so dangerous, because they feed into our own insecurities. But with Roy, you know, if I said, Roy, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, what if I hired some Canadian, you know, uh, teachers and I wrote some curriculum specific to, you know, because uh, it was a software program that taught literacy and numeracy. And I wrote some math lessons and metric and stuff like that, got them written. You know, maybe we could put that together and come up with a Canadian version of this kick-ass product that you've got that you're selling sell to the border. Now, I was talking to, this was at the time, a Fortune 100 company, and I'm working out of my basement. But Roy didn't say that's crazy. He said, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's see how we can make that happen. And so when people say things they give you the positive affirmation, all of a sudden, all those other noises of people that are a bunch of uninformed, you know what, they just kind of disappear. So Tim, I, I think what we, uh, and for those of you that are just picking up the podcast, we are joined with Tim Allison. He is the author of the book, Screw the Naysayers. He also has a podcast called the Screw the Naysayers podcast, and he has a company that sales have topped over $10 million. Tim, it sounds like we need that positive affirmation. But what I'm finding these days is that many people look for that affirmation in the wrong place, whether it could be social media or envy of, of friends or, or whatever. But I don't think people are looking in the right place for that positive affirmation. In addition to mentors, what would you say are some keys to getting some positive either self-affirmation or outside affirmation to move you forward in your goals? Yeah, I think you're making a great point, Joy. I mean, I know, let's just use the social media example. Like I'm very, very active on LinkedIn, for example. And there is a whole community of people on LinkedIn who are, are it would appear, making a living by teaching other people how to get more followers and more, you know, likes of their, of their posts and, you know, more organic reach and all this kind of things. And people are getting obsessed with the numbers. And what it does is it completely takes you away from what you should be doing. I mean, what you should be doing is thinking about where do I add the most value? Like, who do I really want to help? You know, who do I want to serve? Because this is the way of business these days. I have to be serving somebody. It's the way of the world, really. But who do I want to serve? What do they look like? And I would much rather, you know, honestly, I would much rather, uh, and I think of it the same way with my podcast. I don't know about you, but I pay no attention to the, you know, to the number of downloads. I mean, I look at them occasionally, but I mean, I, I don't care how many people actually click a button and start the download. I care about people that get value from what we're putting out there. Those people become your fans. And what folks don't understand is the way you get positivity is you get fans and you get fans one and, and it's never been easier. We've never had a tool like, you know, if a guy my age that grew up in the era where there really were no computers and everything else can be doing this on, you know, on social media, anybody can do it. And you get fans one at a time. And when you get 10, 20, if you get a hundred people that really, really believe in everything you're doing, that's a, a fantastic foundation upon which to, you know, to build a business and to get more information from them and to get affirmations from them. But, you know, what you've got to do is let no, let go of all these numerical measurements. So if they got more followers on Instagram or they get more, take a look at the interaction that people get. If you're going down the interaction and you say, and it's 
says things like, great post. I love this. Nice job, Joey. So what? I mean, that person had probably hasn't even listened. If you got a little video clip there or something, they probably haven't even listened to it. Yeah. They're just playing the game to get you to do the same thing back to them. And maybe they're tagging 30 or 40 people in the, you know, in, in the process. Wouldn't you rather have six people that, you know, go on to a post about this conversation? So, you know, for instance, when whenever you, we get it up and, and we're promoting it, I'd rather have six people engage in a conversation with you or I about the message and what it meant to them and why it's important and add add their value to it. That's where the affirmation, you know, come from. And um, but it's it it requires this discipline in our own mind to not get caught up in the keeping up with the you know the Joneses as in my generation used to used to say. And now it's keeping and now up with the Kardashians. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, it's just it's just not about you know how many Twitter followers you have or or any of those you know those kind of things. If you add value consistently for people, you know, and you really commit yourself to adding value to every human interaction you have and and with everything you do in your business, then we live in a world of absolute abundance. I mean, you know, money and everything else, whatever your goals are, it always follows. For me, you see, money has never been, I love money, by the way. I have no problem with, I like it. It allows me to do all sorts of things. I'll never be a slave to it. But I've also never really set any of my goals around dollars. I set it around, you know, things that I want to achieve. You know, back in the day when I was selling adult literacy software, I knew how many new you know customers new learning centers i was hoping to have using my products in a in a given year because that meant they were going to each teach you know another 200 you know canadians in those days um you know how to function better in in society where you need to be able to read and write and do some basic math and stuff like that yeah focus on the value and you know the other thing and i'm I'm sure you must get this a lot but i mean you've got to surround yourself by people with positive attitudes and you really have to i forget who's always you know the quote is out there all the time but you're the sum you know the sum of the five people you spend the most um amount of time with and there's a lot of truth in that you just really have to you know find a way to get people the people that are bringing you down the people that are always questioning whether you're going to you know, because when you're down, the last thing in the world is somebody, like you say, sympathy or feel sorry for yourself. If if they feed into that and make us feel sorry for ourselves, what happens? We we go into a spiral. If they say, come on, Joey, I mean, listen, look at all the great things you did, you know, in the last year, or, or they reference a particular client or somebody you've worked with, or you, maybe you just call one of those clients that you've got a great relationship with and, and you know, just because it makes you feel good. And um, it's a, such a mental, it, it, I hate to use the word game, but I honestly, to me, that's what business has always been. And it's a, and it's a mind game. And if you can just learn to play the mind game without getting caught up in all the drama and everything else that's around you, boy, I mean, it's, uh, I think there's just incredible opportunities out there today in 2019. Well, hey, let's switch gears uh, ever so slightly for a second. We're talking about screwing the naysayers and you've said quite a bit about how it's impacted your business. But we started the conversation where you were saying how the the job you had before, you were winning financially, but feeling like you were kind of falling behind at home. How has this uh, screw the naysayers mentality uh, helped improve your family life? Well, it's changed my life, Joey, you know, because like I don't I'm not one of these entrepreneurs that's going to sit here and say it was easy um, because I'm telling you what, there were some, you know, some some challenging times. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't work uh, for the most part every bit as hard as I did before. But, you know, for starters, I controlled my own schedule. 
So, you know, as my kids were growing up, for example, they were both very active in sports. And, you know, when I live in a rural community, man. So when the kids are going to play like a basketball or a soccer game or, you know, or something that, you know, that's out of town, that you need parent drivers during the day to, you know, load up the minivan or whatever in those days it was and, and drive people and go to those games. And I'd be the guy. I'd just say, OK, you know, Denise has a game next Tuesday and Jonathan has something on Thursday and I just block it off. Now, that people wouldn't necessarily see that at, at you know, 10 o'clock at night, I might have been then finishing up some of the stuff I'd, I needed to get done that day. But I was able to, you know, to prioritize the time with family. And I think the other thing is, is that if you're not happy in what you're doing, you know, for a living, then I guarantee you that when you come home, you're not going to be able to give your best to your family, you know. And so I felt a lot of disrespect, you know, in, in maybe that's not the right word. I mean, there was a lot of behavior going on, Joey, in the company that conflicted with my own personal values. Like, I don't consider myself a prude, but I do believe in, you know, fidelity within marriage and those kind of things. And I, it was just an era where things were just crazy, you know, and, and you know, we talk about the, the Me Too movement today. Well, the, some of the things that I saw as a parent now of a, an adult, you know, daughter, I, you know, I probably should have stood up and slugged some of the, you know, some of the people that were in the office with me. They'd have killed me. But I mean, um, but, you know, I didn't, again, you don't understand this when you're young, but if you're in an environment where things are going on that, you know, just don't align with your belief system, you're going to be unhappy. And when you come home tired and unhappy, then, you know, the, the results in your house are predictable. When you come home tired because you've worked hard all day, but feeling fulfilled and feeling that you've done something important and knowing that you've done your best. For me, that was the other thing. It's one of the, and I, you know, to those people that are managing folks out there today, I mean, leadership style that, that I grew up underneath was just so focused on performance to the point where, you know, arbitrary goals get set. And for me, doing my best was no longer enough. And when you put people in a situation where they sincerely believe they 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 can't think of anything more they could have done, and it's still not enough, it leaves you feeling, you know, drained. And um, for me, that was the whole, you know, corporate experience. It just wasn't, I didn't have the kind of personality for it. I didn't like being held accountable for things that I had no control over. You know, I mean, so you, you know, you tell me, well, I expect you to, you know, to produce this outcome. But what if I don't control all of the, the elements that go into making that outcome? And that happens all the time. You know, it sucks to, you know, to have somebody said, well, you failed. How? I mean, what could I have done? That kind of stuff. And I just have talked to so many people that have been burnt out in the, you know, in that corporate environment. And, you know, I'm not saying if people are in that environment and loving it and doing great, all the more power to them. Just for Tim, that was never going to, was never going to be a fit. And I would have figured it out a lot earlier if I'd had, a, you know, people sort of talking to me a bit about, you know, how we look at happiness and, and how we define success. I grew up in an environment where people just told you what success was. Go to school, get good grades, go to university, <laughs> get a job and, and move up that corporate ladder, buy a house, get a car, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I think this is a, is a good place to land because most of the people listening to this podcast uh, are either entrepreneurs um, who have left the corporate world and they found the, the will within to say, you know, corporate life is not for me. I need to go out and do my own thing. Uh, but then there's also someone sitting at a desk right now. And if this is you, let us know. But like there's someone that's sitting at a desk that's saying, man, Tim, you're speaking my language. I just cannot seem to shake loose. But I, uh, I remember the story. Uh, there's a there's a fable about a businessman who was out at a beach in Mexico and uh, he, he, he uh, sees this man fishing on, on, a, on the water and he says, hey, you know what, you should, uh, you should start a business, incorporate, you know, really get a factory, build things up, yada, yada, yada. And then 20 years down the road, sell it. 
and then the fisherman who was still catching his fish and being just peaceful, he, he looks at the man and says, okay, and then what? And the businessman says, well, and then you can go out to Mexico and fish on your own. And the, st the story behind that is, you know, sometimes we chase the, this process of success when really the end goal is that that moment of peace where you're doing what you love, whether or not money is attached to it, but uh, having your needs met. And, you know, I, I think it's all to your point. It's kind of ironic that I know that story and you went to a fishing town. And um, so I say all that to say that there's somebody here listening who can't seem to make that jump. But what would you say as we close out and 2019 is started, uh, what would you say to that? person at that desk who is like, I, I can't seem to shake out of this and well, really dive into my dreams. Yeah, man. It's as simple as this. I mean, because um, not everybody will do it. But here's the thing. If it's keeping you awake at night, this for me is the litmus test. If it's keeping you awake at night or you wake up and you start thinking about it or maybe you even go to bed thinking you're going to do it and then you wake up in the morning and you've changed your mind. And if that idea won't get the heck out of your head, in my book, I describe it as like an idea that's sort of stuck to your head like Velcro type of thing. Then you really at that stage, Joey, they, we've only got two choices when it gets to that point. We can either sit down and figure out how we can make that change or we can accept that we are going to be miserable for pretty much the rest of our life. And it, it really, it, it the contrary, you know, the choices are that stark. Now, having said that, uh, you know, I did a cold turkey type of thing because I was also not just changing jobs. I was moving cross country and everything else. But I have talked to so many people on my show who went through a transition. So I'll give you an example of, a, you know, there's a lady named Rachel Chang, who was a 22 year old architect who was doing really well in life, but was miserable. Like she just di didn't really like being stuck behind the desk every day. And she knew she wanted to start her own business, but she felt like she didn't know enough about starting her own business. So she went and took a job as a receptionist. An architect quit her job, took a job as a receptionist at the Dallas Entrepreneurial Center, and then got a promotion into, you know, into community relations and all that kind of stuff. Learned and met so many fellow entrepreneurs, learned a ton about entrepreneurship, and a year later started her own business. You know, Ali Mirza, who's one of a very, very successful, you know, social media, uh, he runs the business called, I think it's, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to get it wrong, but uh, Ali's just a, you know, a highly, highly successful guy, but he quit. Uh, you know, a, a job in a very well-paying job in mechanical engineering, I believe it was. But he just went out and again, he found a job in marketing at a lower level, made less money, but learned. So if you think you got the skill set to do it, then, you know, you can go for it. If you need to transition or you need to start something as a side hustle, but if you're staying up at night or you can't sleep or it just won't get the heck out of your head, you've got to do something. And because the perils of not doing it are one of two things that happen to those people, Joey. And I've, I've at my age, unfortunately, I can tell you about too many that have got they've hit what I would what I call infrastructure rattling events. These are the people that try and ignore all this, you know, all this internal fighting and they have heart attack or, you know, they they get they get, a, you know, it's so miserable. They end up getting divorced or like something really infrastructure rattling causes them to change. They're almost the lucky ones because the other ones are the ones that eventually just forget how to, to dream. They say, well, that's just life just sucks. That's just the way it is. And boy, when they get to my age and I'm surrounded by them, they are I, I can say it because the ones that are surrounded by it aren't listening to these kind of shows. They're not trying to fix it. But they're looking in the rearview mirror right now, Joey, and there's there's a lot of remorse. There's a lot of regret saying, oh, man, I wish, you know, I should have, could have, would have, that kind of stuff. 
you know, you, you just got to cut with the crap. There are no excuses. If you're not happy, you're, you're really only getting one kick. At least I, you know, most of us believe I do anyway. I only really just want to assume I get one kick at this can. I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing something that, that makes me miserable or or. Sometimes it's just something that's missing from our life. Like, you know, we need a creative outlet and there's nothing in our life that allows us to do it. But something is bugging the hell out of you if, you, if you're having those kind of sleepless nights. And you got to find the guts to, you know, I was going to use a different analogy, but, it, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. So people, if you're listening and you're having those sleepless nights, definitely take that next step to do what you need to do to screw the naysayers in your own head and those around you. Check out Tim's podcast. Check out more episodes of this podcast to see other episodes that can help encourage you in taking that next step towards entrepreneurship and find a good group of friends. Um, we've got a Facebook page that we've, we've launched recently so uh, you can connect with other entrepreneurs and Tim, how can people find you online? Yeah, this is always fun. The easiest place to get me, uh, Joey, is uh, www.screwthenaysayers.com. So you'll see everything there. There's, you know, uh, information about my book, the podcast. And of course, this, the podcast is just called Screw the Naysayers. And I'm sure like yours, it's up and available in all of the, you know, the, the usual usual places. But and I'm also really active on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, it's Tim. It's Allison with one L, but uh, Tim Allison. But I'm really active there. And I, I respond to anybody who reaches out to me. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at bizlifecoffee or our host at joeyvprice.hr with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.